Hello there and a very warm welcome to Racing Only Better. Barry Orr standing in for you, Cal, who's out at a, in Dubai at a Rugby Sevens competition. You'll be glad or not glad to hear. Big weekend of racing, obviously. We've got three days, 16 races over the three days coming up, starting with Newbury on Friday. Obviously, the Beffer fighting fifth, the highlight on Saturday, along with the, the Labrook Trophy, and then three good races. We're going to cover the three grade one races from Ferry House on Sunday. So without any further ado, everyone knows that the three amigos by now. Kevin Blake, how are you, Kevin? I'm excellent, Barry. Excellent. Looking forward to getting stuck into a lot of races. Uh, Beth Fair fighting fifth weekend. They can't beat it. TC, you're looking nice and cosy at home in the gaff. Yeah, cup of tea on the go. Happy days. Dan Barber in the office in Leeds. How's that, Dan? Your Wi-Fi is not going to cut out today, thankfully. Uh, if he does, you can blame Flutter. No, uh, I'm the only one putting any <laughs> graft in here. Right? Let's be honest. I've, I've done a full day shift in the office before this as well. Uh, Fine full man, shift, Barber. Yeah, watching all the racing and doing your nuts. <laughs> that's that's pretty much a daily routine. Yeah, in, a, in a socially responsible uh, <laughs> manner, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank Sometimes. you for putting in that caveat. Thank though. you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's kick off anyway. Tomorrow, Newbury, the one fifteen. John bon- John Bomb is your favourite at the moment at four to six. Obviously, second favourite for the Supreme off the back of that bumper win. A full brother to Duvan. He cost five hundred and seventy k. JP bought him for after winning a. Point to point in Drummahan. Obviously, this is a race that um, Nicky Henderson has used in the past with some decent horses, not least Bruvadere, who won it in 2015. My Drogo won it uh, last year. Aidan Coleman comes in on the ride because Nico de Boinville has been injured schooling just today on Thursday, recording Thursday evening. So, uh, Dan, I'll kick off with you. John Bond, is he a worthy favourite? In terms of potential, probably, but if good risk at all that have jumped with any sort of fluency on his hurdling debut, I'd say he'd be a proper threat to beat him. I mean, he's definitely priced up partly on reputation. He looked very good. Of course he did. Brilliant pedigree. He's going to be a chaser rather than a hurdler in time, isn't it? Based on based on that breeding. But yeah, no massively strong view. I just wish good, good risk at all would have jumped more fluently because I'd have said that he was a, a bet at two to one to turn over the four to six chance John Bomb, but it was pretty alarming to say a horse had such good bumper form and was so well fancied and the stable were going so well that he wasn't a bit slicker over his obstacles. So I, I'd much prefer to watch and learn a bit about the first two. TC, there has been money for good risk at all. Yeah. He was 5-2, to two. he's into 2-1. to one. John Pond is 4-7, uh, to seven. it was earlier, into out to 4-6 to six now. So yeah. uh, is a bit of opposition to him. He's around one seven eight. I think, in the exchange. What are you, back or a layer here? Yeah, talking about Nick, I've just had two missed calls from him, so I might have to call him back in a minute. Um, probably from his hotel, uh, hospital bed. Uh, no, the betting when this first opened, the first firm up on Thursday, um, early afternoon, was ridiculous. They made Jumbon fours on. <laughs> they made good risk at all five to one, and obviously, how much did you get on each way? Uh, I, I, base, I backed Charlie's glance each way at twenty two. I mean, Jumbon's just a ridiculous price. I mean. Obviously, he's got, as Barry said, he's got the pedigree, he's got the price tag. What it hasn't got is the form. Um, I, if you go, if you have a look, a strict look at the bumper form, and and uh, John Bond's newbie bumper win was, it's just garbage. Nothing has come out of the race. If they've come out of it, they've got stuffed. Uh, you could argue that he's a fourth best in here on bumper form. And uh, apparently, he's not uh, the most um, 
giving conveyance at home. Apparently, he's very headstrong. And you got and Barry reeled out all the the winners that Nicky's had in this race. He had two to five uh, Flint to Sacra beaten in this race last year. Paul's very hard, and apparently John Bond is uh, is he's got similar traits in that regard. You know, he, he could have the edge in to win this, but Fordham was just criminal. Uh, the Betfair Sports of their first price was four to nine. That was the biggest in the marketplace. And he's just gone one way ever since. I've seen his trading at 10 to 11 on the exchange now. So I think the juice has been sucked out of the market. But uh, I back Charlie's glance. Um, that Newbury, his Newbury bumper win first time out is really good. The second, third, fourth, fifth and sixth have all come out and won hurdles. Really good form. Blew out our entry last time. But um, I, I think he's had his, uh, he, he was a bit wayward even when he won. Uh, but you know, if he, they've ironed him out over the summer, I think on that on that debut bumper win that he was he was massively overpriced at the opening twenty fives, and it's still eighteen to one plus on the exchange. So I'm I'm back it. I backed him. Charlie's glance. He's still a good price on the exchange at eighteen, and I'll I'll be playing up in the place market where that's up and running about three, three to one or bigger. So Charlie's glance for me. John Bomb was criminally bad price earlier. He's drifting to a more realistic price on the exchange now around about ten to eleven. Okay, and it's a dead eight there at the moment as well for each way punter. So hopefully nothing comes out of there. But if it does, as TC always reminds listeners, uh, watch out for the exchange market there where the three places will hold to place betters. On to the 150. It's the novice handicap at the moment, heading the market, Boot Hill at 85 to 40, along with um or sorry, at 150, yeah, Boot Hill for Harry Fry, 85 to 40 at the moment. 50 ball is four to one, second in the Betfair Hurl and third to Manila Trump. The winning machine, that's Manila Trump uh, in Sandown. How good a form is that, TC, Manila Trump is 50 ball because his run in the Betfair Hurl is working out pretty decent, that Betfair Hurl form. Yeah, I, I think um, I think this could be a lively one, though. Um, I think this could be a quite hot race. Boot Hill... And Mr. Coffee, they've always been regarded as chasers in waiting, uh, Boothead especially. But uh, the vibes coming out of the Nicky Henderson camp are very, very positive about Mr. Coffee. Uh, goes well and fresh, got course form. And uh, they say it uh, jumps really well and they think it's going to rate a lot higher than 138. So I think it could be a very hot race. I haven't played in it, uh, but I'd be more inclined to Mr. Coffee around about 7-2 to two than I would Boothead. Uh, I do think the, the market's got this right and it's between those two, but uh, there's no massive juice in the prices for me. Dan, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think the value, sort of bet the devil you know, one of the few who's had a run over fence. I do like 50 ball, he's exciting, but I think Solo's slightly underrated. He's been touched off by Nassalam. We'll see Nassalam's form put to the test. Um, he's He's got another target over the next couple of days and... I don't know. He 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 jumped really well. I know he completely lost the plot over hurdles, but I don't think that'll happen over fence. I just think he was marking time until they went chasing. I said that when he ran last time. I just think he's bound to be a better chaser. And what more could he have done other than win? He was miles clear, giving loads of weight to a four-year-old who had the allowance and was in a race that Gary Moore had targeted. And he's got experience of jumping fences, which these a couple of these main players against him don't have. And they are demanding obstacles at Newbury. So I think that experience and... The fact he's shown that he can jump over tricky fences gives him a bit of an edge over over the less experienced and cue that word, the sexy ones against him. So solo for Dan, second time after a wind up and a watching brief with honourable mention to Mr. Coffee for TC. Onto the 225, it's the handicap chase. Fanny and Destreval at the moment heading the market of five to two, just ahead of Phoenix Way, who's 139 to two. Morning, Vicar. Great name, love that. <laughs> 
And Fanny and Desterveldo for me, Venetia Williams won this a couple of years back with ASO, but I think he could be a bit of a monkey this when he's traded at 133 that day behind Magic Saint in Cheltenham and he's traded at 268 in running and got chinned. Now he's four lengths for to all mankind in the old run last time out when he was running on reeds well. But you with her against the favourite here, TC? Um just the just the price. I think it's, I really like him. I think he's much better than these handicap mark. Um the fact that he was actually dropped a pound for that good fall from the old Rowan, I think Fanny and Destravels are, you know, winning and waiting off that mark, showed showed he was better than that mark on a couple of occasions last year. But like you said, he's not entirely straightforward. Um, he is, crucially, he's around about 5-2, to 11-4, and there's plenty of depth in the race. Um, I couldn't see, I couldn't massively see a bet in the race, to be perfectly honest with you, but I can see the favourite, but not at the price. If it drifts to about 7-2, I might be interested, but I don't think he will. No. Dan, have you any strong opinion in it? I think it's a bit of a match myself. I think Umbregada will have targets for later in the campaign, possibly maybe try and win that Great World Gold Cup again. Non-runner. Is he out already? Do apologise. Yeah, so that's, already, yeah. That solves that. So it's definitely, I think it's a match. Fanny Destravalli, TC's already made a strong case for, you can read that ancient race one of two ways, but his finishing effort was was pretty striking. He looked like he was going to finish tailed off on the home turn. Uh, but I do think Phoenix Way is a potential danger. Harry Fry's having a better time of things. He's got a really good record fresh. He's had a wind up. I think this is the time to back this horse every season because he is clearly at his very best when he's first time out in the campaign. So hard to split those two. At these current prices, you'd possibly, I'd possibly edge with Phoenix Way, but I don't imagine they'll, I'm not sure they'll definitely be betting like that on the off. Okay, so Phoenix Way for Dan and a watching brief for TC in the ter- in the third race we've chatted about. Uh, On to the fourth race, we're going to talk about at three o'clock. It's the long distance hurl. Paisley Park, your favourite at the moment at nine to four and first time cheek pieces, the uh, 2019 Stairs winner owned by Andrew Gemmel. Another Stairs winner in here, Liz Nagar Oscar is six to one. Indefagatable, the mayor for Paul Weber is 137 to two. Miss Miller, another mayor is coming over from Ireland. The um, the uh, per temps winner um, obviously a couple of decent mares in this Kevin I'm going to throw this one to you Paisley Park at 9-4 to four after that run first time up they're trying to make cheap pieces today uh, tomorrow is that a good or bad sign for you? It's interesting isn't it because like, I think this is just another case of and we've talked about it before in the podcast that uh, connections can often be quite reluctant to put headgear on good horses you know, even if they're crying out for it. And you could have made a case for this horse having cheek pieces, you know, two plus years ago, um, but they haven't put them on. And now they stick them on when he's nine-year-old nine year rising 10. And um, I think they'd help him. Um, I think he was he looked quite lethargic. You know, he's well known for a flat spot, but he looked quite lethargic um, at Weatherby on his return. So I think they'll certainly help him. Um, look, he's the best horse in the race, you know, not even at his best, I think. Um, you know, he has to give, give you know, indefatigable is getting the mayor's allowance from him again. Um, but, you know, you're, you're, I think you're getting a reasonable price for Paisley Park. I think we saw enough from him last season to suggest that there's still plenty of horse there. I know he has to do it this season, but I just wouldn't be surprised if he can come on from that return. The cheek pieces sharpen him up a bit. And um, and he gets back on track and, and goes and wins. Um, like Mrs. Milner, um, she's you know close one to my heart, Barry after Cheltenham last year, <laughs> but um, I don't think she's at this level yet. Um, her return at Limerick was, was was you know grand without being in the parish that you need to be to be to be winning a race like this. So um, I, I struggle to see the case for her, and I think she she's a, she's a 
Ad price now, to be honest, of what she is. I could see her drifting a little bit closer to the time. Um, so look, I'll take my chance with Paisley Park. And if it doesn't happen here, it might just be indicative that he might be on the downgrade slightly, uh, which is inevitable, but I think it might not happen just yet. Okay, Dan, where do you stand on this? Are you a fan of Paisley Park and first time cheek pieces? Yeah, I am. And I think the world and his wife will want to be against him. And I think that's I think that's wrong. Um First off, he's better off at the weights with Indefatigable from first time out. I think he's far more likely to come on for that. Indefatigable was already up and running for the season, having won on the flat in a maiden. She's a very likeable and dependable mare, but I don't think her at her best can live with a, a near-on song Paisley Park. And I think cheek pieces are a big thing, but I think the track's a massive thing for me. And it's the fact he's had that sharpener. Whether it be this season, he's just a track that's favouring pace ridiculously so... They don't seem to go on a strong pace in any races. They're sprinting in the home straight. It found him out briefly, but I thought he had bundles left at the line. I really did. So turn around in the weights, actually waited to reverse form with Indefatigable, but with the prospect of him doing much better for that reappearance effort, I'm, I'm strong on him. I think he's the best horse in this race. If he doesn't do it on Friday, I probably won't back him to do it again. But if the cheap pieces make a positive difference, I think he could make nine to four look absolutely silly. This is... This, this year and a half ago was was the best day in Hurdler around. And we know he isn't that, that the crown has slipped slightly. He's still a very good horse. And I think he's a lot better than Weatherby made him look, where I was encouraged by how he came home anyway. So yeah, I'm strong on him. I think he'll I think he'll set the record straight and prove the the hashtag doubters wrong. Yeah, I've I've got nothing massively to add here. It's not my kind of race. But what I will say is had a look at the headgear stats. And although she doesn't have a good record up until this year. Emma Lavelle's three from seven were first-time cheap pieces in 2021. So if you are clutching at straws trying to add to your case, then that's, that, that's not a negative, clearly. Okay, on to the fifth and final race on Friday that we're going to talk about. It's a handicap hurl over three miles. I had a Scorpions, your favourite at the moment, at four to one. The Betfair Sportsbook paying five places each way punters here. 11 to two, one for you. Dolphin Square with David Maxwell in the plate is a seven to one chance, nine to one. Polish certain uh, certainly red is 10 to 1 from 12 to 1. A couple of springers, outsiders here. The Cobb for David Bass and Ben Balling is 12 from 20. Um, that's one worth flagging. Uh, have you got a strong opinion here at all, TC? Yeah. Um, one of my two bets on Friday. Um, I back Dolphin Square each way, uh, five places. Uh, you're getting an two places with a sports book. Was a bit of 15 to 2, but I think you still get, if you shop around, you still get that. And I think it's 7 to 13 to 2 um, as well. So, um, yeah, I struggle to see him being out the first five. A lot of people won't you know, won't get with him because of, you know, they're not a big fan of Mr. David Maxwell. And clearly, anybody who saw that Lingfield race last time <laughs> where, where he closed up to the line, only got beaten a half a leg, you know, any, you know, any, any more competent jockey would have won on it. Let's, let's be honest about it. But, I don't, as as I always say on these programs, I pay very little attention to to jockeys. And if you are, you know, if you are going with your dubious jockey, shall we say, you often get compensated for the price. We saw that with Don Levant on Saturday, Isabel Williams. A lot of people were saying, "Oh no, can't have her, can't have her." You know, massive drifter. Even though there's four runners, and she goes and wins, and gets a job done. I think a lot of the cases, if the horse is good enough, the jockey's good enough. Now it wasn't the case last time, clearly, but even though he, he should have won that day. The handicap has just left him on the same mark, which I thought was ridiculously generous. And um, you just have a look at this horse. He's got he's got his ground. He's got his he's got his trip. He's got his track. He was fourth in this race last year. 
He was his two other runs at the track have been excellent as well. He's three pound lower than when just getting chinned by Del Arca uh, this time last year. Uh, he just looks incredibly solid. Now, if it gets into a, a driving finish, then I'm probably going to come out on the wrong end of it. But Maxwell, in the last five years, he's got 25% strike rate, albeit maybe out of uh, not in you know all professional grades. Uh, and no, and a hurdle's got a good result as well. But, and, but a lot of the, even though 25% strike rate, a lot of them have been short prices. So he's, he's probably doing pretty much what he should be doing. But he's not the mug that people make him out to be, even though he's not he's not the strongest. But um, yeah, with the extra two places, Dolphin Square, each way, um, he, he's got my money. And it's often factored into with the price as well, isn't it? Yeah. That he's, he rides his own horses. So that's, that's yeah, a good it's, it's like I said, if you're going into it with your eyes open. You, you yeah, can't come exactly. around and say, you can't go and say, oh, he's given that a shocker, should have got that home, weak as piss, blah, blah, blah. You know going into that, that's the case. Exactly. Yeah. Dan, what do you make of this? I was going to go each way as well with, with one for you, run under his belt. I actually think that farm's quite strong. I know Snowy Mountain... He was just completely found out in that Don Levant race at the at the weekend at Haydock. But I thought he shaped like he was still in form, finishing well. The runner-up do, did leave you out too. Let me down massively on Saturday. I just don't think he ran his race for whatever reason. One for you was progressive last season, still unexposed as a stayer. He's had only two runs over this sort of trip. And I thought he shaped fine. I thought, as TC's already alluded to, we, we're dealing with extra places. With that in mind, I want to back something each way. And that one was one for you. The first race we're going to talk about on Saturday is the 115, the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Memorial Handicap. At the moment, Dame de Compagnie is 5-1 to one joint favourite, along with Cap Course, who won the race as a five-year-old back in 2018, Cap Course. Uh, Paul Nichols says he's had an uninterrupted prep since he came back from an injury and uh, was happy enough with the way he worked under Sir A.P. McCoy last week uh, last week in Newbury at their gallops. Uh, you've killer clown in there at 6-1. to one. You've been called a clown a couple of times, uh, Mr. Barber. What do you like in the race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like him. I think you've happened upon the right one. I know it's a race that McManus loves to target, doesn't he? I don't know what the link is to Peter O'Sullivan, but I think one year he won it in a horse wearing the Peter o- Peter O'Sullivan colours. So clearly... You respect the, t- the three he's running even. I'm not a fan of damned a company over fencing a competitive race, though. I don't think she'll be five to one joints. Cap course is likely to be the pick for, as far as I'm concerned, but enough to prove, I think. He's had another year off since running down the field in the same race. He can't be easy to train. He's eight going on nine and he's barely seen the racetrack. I thought Killer Clown was was really solid, really solid. If the pieces bring out a little bit of improvement, I think he's dangerous. But he's been dropped a couple of pounds for running in a stronger race than this, the old Roan. We've already discussed the, the way that form had been advertised uh, once or twice since on the podcast. He's got good Newbury form. He was just touched off by Umbregado in that Greatwood Gold Cup. He's back off the same mark as that day, despite the fact he shaped very well. And then he went to Sandown off 1-4-1 on his final start and got in a terrible position. And I thought finished with plenty left in him. I think... I think he, I'd have him favourite for this anyway if I was pricing it up and he isn't favourite. So uh, clearly I've got to go with him. So Killer Clown for Dan at 6-1. to one. The second race on Saturday we're going to talk about is the 150. It's a handicap hurl over two and a half miles. It's the money back special race on the Betfair Sportsbook. If you fail to finish in the first three here, you get your money back as a free bet up to a tenner. That's well worth watching out for. 
Les Kale's article is you currently are three to one favor, five to one Calvadors, Master Legacy is six to one, Chitabello seven, along with Glory and Fortune, and it's nine to one bar. Henderson's won two of the last three of this. It runs in JP McManus or runs in uh, Joe Donnelly's colors, Les Ekel's article. So uh, what's your thoughts on this one, TC? Uh better the weekend in here. The outside oh. of the field, Boar and Bill. Oh, oh cannot believe. Boy. Cannot believe it's 20 to 1. I wouldn't even lay your 10s. Um, oh! Um, the reason being, I go back and have a look at the Kempton run last time. I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he wasn't trying. I wasn't saying he wasn't off. But I think with a stronger ride, he finished close up anyway. With a stronger ride, I think he would have gone close. Um, if they've teed him up for this, they've done a really good job. Because the handicapper, even though, he got, <laughs> even though he got beat at two and a half lengths last time. Even though he got three. beat to, he got dropped three pounds. Now that's incredible. Four starts ago, this horse gagged up in the Lanzarote, and he's now what is he a pound higher now? <laughs> and it's like it's I don't know what the, the hand. I, I really can't get my head around the handicap of dropping this horse three pounds for that run last Kind of gentler racing politics. The, the being um, kinder out there Got the trip. Got the got the uh, ran well on the track before in good novice company. Um, the ground is, is is exactly what's the ground. It's just a ridiculously well-handicapped horse. It ran well last time. I think it would have gone close, um, like I said, with, with a, a more forceful ride. Uh, same jockey on tomorrow. I, I just can't get my head around 20 to 1. It was 21 in five or six places, and it's still 21 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I think it's a massive price. I'd, I'd back him at 10s. I wouldn't lay him at 10s. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a wider point to make briefly there. I take note of things like this, lads. The seemingly uh, unusually lenient handicapping of British trained horses. You, you just watch this happen with more regularity now this season. Yeah, I think yeah. this is a, I think this is a change in policy. Yeah, we've said they, that. There was yeah, a press release yeah. saying that they're going to treat them more that, kindly. I think. Yeah, exactly. That's more from weighed in on Monday, lads. Yeah, let's, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give that a good going over on <laughs> Monday. But, Dan, what yeah. do you make of this race? Um, I had, I'm keen on Tony's confidence, very bullish shot. And when he's very bullish like that, I mean, he's really far wrong. But I do think there's a lot to recommend Masters Legacy myself. Going back to his novice hurdle days, he gave a £10 beating to Polish or Polish, whatever you want to claim, who's like a proper solid 130 performer. Masters Legacy had just two runs last season. Neither worked for him. Presumably had a niggle or two. The stable had a niggle or three. They had a dreadful time of things in 2021. But... They've turned the corner. They've had another winner at Taunton on Thursday and possibly more aside. And I liked how he won at Chepstow. To say it was quick ground, two miles, this horse with his pedigree and the stammer he'd shown early doors. I thought he did really, really well to win as he did. Getting up late, coming from, I think he was fourth between the last two. He found bundles, led late on. He's gone up uh, barely any. And... I think there's massive improvement to come from stepping up to two and a half for only the second time in his career. Like in the last race, I think I'd have made him favourite and he isn't, so I'm going with him. Okay, so Dan's with Master Legacy at six to one and TC, better the weekend. Boren Bill is his nap at 20 to one. Don't forget, that is the money back special race, the 150 in Newbury. If you fail to finish one, two or three, you get your money back as a free bet up to a tenner. Check out the Betfair Sportsbook. You won't need that concession. It's going to win. Boy, uh, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. <laughs> just in case, lads, it's there you need it from to a tenner. <laughs> On to the third race, we're going to talk about a 225 to Jerry Field in over two miles. Soaring glory, the Betfair Hurl winner 
Um, even money at the moment had been 11 to 10. Three to one, Grail Hill. Captain Morrig is four to one, and it's five to one. One more for the row. This is an interesting race. Only the four runners here, but Soaring Glory, the Beffer Hurl winner, off 133. You couldn't give him away in the Supreme Novices Hurl, who drifted out to mm. 10 to one. And first time cheap pieces here. In, uh, there, interestingly, they're keeping them off here. Uh, he bolted up an Ascot off 143 mm. and no cheap pieces. Kevin, what do you make of this? Just the four runners. Yeah, you know, you know, disappointing turnout, not the 55 handicap. You, should, you know, very good price. You should have more runners than this. But um, what it leaves us with is, is a very interesting race. Look, Soaring Glory, for all his progression and how good he was last time, and I know Tony has a very good handle on him, I don't think this race will suit him. Um, I don't think this horse wants a small field, messy race. Um, I think he wants bigger field, more pace, plenty of cover. Um, not the, the world's most straightforward, I think. Um, and I don't, I think that he could be a little bit exposed in this race. Um, I'd be very worried about him. He's going to be a short price, easy to take him on in my mind. And um, the one I take him on with is uh, one more for the road. Um, great name. Uh, and he's he's found plenty of progression and fairness to him. So he started off off a low base in handicaps and he's bombed his way up along and was very good last time in Huntington. And look, the thing is, he's going to jump out and make the run. And I suspect he'll do he'll do his own thing in front as he did at Huntington last time. Um, or hunting done, as Dan will correct me. Uh, <laughs> Habit of a lifetime. And I just think he'll get the run of the race. And I was impressed with him at hunting done it last time. Um, having set uh, you know set the pace to suit himself. Um, he was very strong late on. He, he was good over the last couple of hurdles when he needed to be. And uh, I think he'll just get the run of this of this, and he might just nick it at um, you know, a substantially bigger price than Soaring Glory is going to be. So one more for the road will do for me. Yeah, one more for the road. The outsider of the field at five to one. Soaring Glory, your even money favourite there at the moment. Next race we're going to talk about is the feature event in Newbury on Saturday. It's the Labrooks Trophy at three o'clock over three miles and two furlongs. Six places on the Betfair Sportsbook on the ropes for Willie Mullins is your favourite at four to one at the moment. Nine to two, Eclat de Ray. Fiddler on the Roof is also a 92 chance. 11 to two, Enrillo. Paul Nichols gives that a very, very strong mention in his blog on betting.betfair. Kitty's Light, the luckless Kitty's Light is a 10 to 1 chance. Claude Cap, last year's winner, is 12 to 1. The Machine has come in for some support around the 14 to 1 mark. Like I said, six places on the Betfair Sportsbook here, lads. You're going to need every single one of them. It's a very strong renewal of the race. And uh, TC, I'm going to come to you first here. Yeah. What's your fancy in it? Um, I love these kind of races where you've got four horses dominating the market. Um, if you want, if you give me a match bet, those four against the rest of the field, I take the rest of the field all day long. Uh, I fully understand how they've all got you know strong claims in their own right, but they're underpriced in a race like this. Surely, um, I took a massive flyer in the week. Uh, we missed the Malarkey at forties and fifties. I'll probably stick him up again, uh, again in my betfair dot uh, betfair column. Um, obviously, he's a, a very he's a hit and miss kind of horse. But like I said, I might even be tempted in each way because, um, because you know, the six places is, is, is big here. Um, when he's good, he's very good. Um, we saw that in when he won the old Racing Post chase, uh, when he won a good handicap at Ascot uh, this time last year. He's, he's another one that's benefited from the leniency of the handicapper. He's come down six pounds for two runs this year. I think this has probably been the aim all day long. He, was, he didn't run bad in the race two years ago. He's come down to mark 158. 
£2 lower than the Ascot win, £7 lower than when a good third, in, again, in the old racing post chase uh, just four starts ago. Um, the thing that really attracted me to him, because I, I think he wants decent ground, I think he'll stay very well. And his he, record third time out, he's, in three of his last four seasons, he's won third time out. And the, on the other occasion, he won fourth time out. So he clearly needs a lot of runs to get him, get him straight. And if he gets, I think the key to him is hard fitness. And that's what we have here. Obviously, there are downside. He's very inconsistent. He can really, he can really hit one. He can not travel that kindly. But, you know, everyone says, oh, you have to be on the pace in the Lapox Trophy. But there's nine potential front runners who are four goes in here. I think it could suit a closer. Mr. Malarkey's there. And Potterman's so solid, uh, my, my second one. Two pound well in. Going well when unseated in the race last year. Um, ground trip, no problem whatsoever. Uh, officially the best handicap horse in the race. Potter man at 21 plus on the exchange win only. Okay, Dan, what do you make of it? I like Tizzy's horse. I mean, yeah, when you get in six places, you're ordinarily think, let's try and get a 20s plus chance into it and make a few quid that way. But I'm sort of viewing it as with six places, there's a very much an each way thieving angle to it. And Fiddler on the Copperhead roof, is Dan, ne- is it? No, Fiddler on the roof. Oh, Fiddler on the roof. Right? Who's never been unplaced. In Mr. Malarkey chain. means, really. Yeah, it could have been that. That would have been Sunderland, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, I just, I, as soon as he won at Carlisle, I thought of this race. Um, and that day, it was it was pretty unpleasant. It was blowing a gale, and his stamina won the day. But the runner-up wasn't beaten far by Brave Man's Game and Itchy Feet. That was Pay the Piper. He gave him £6. And just looking back at his novice farm, he sort of fits that profile. I'm not a trends fan at all. In fact, I'm the opposite. But... This race tends to be won by horses that prove to have 10 or 12 pounds in hand. The second season horse who haven't shown the hand yet. And he was running to 150 marks on time form scale at a time when the yard were were in the doldrums. He was remarkably consistent with that in mind. They've massively turned the corner. They got lost in translation back last week. That was Lazarus-like. And I think Fiddler on the Roof is well enough 150. I think... He's always threatened to be a 160 horse. He ran into Monkfish, of course, last season. No disgrace in that. He's got that narrow defeat again against Next Destination. It's really strong form. And he's got he's got lots of form over big fences. A clat de rear, that's the one thing I think he lacks. He's a very exciting prospect. He might be a Gold Cup horse, but he's never running a field like this over fences. And he's never faced the sort of competition for the lead. He will, the likes of Cloth Cap. Brahma Bull, they'll be blasting, won't they? That's that's the way they tend to be ridden. Really solid for me. It's unoriginal, but I, I really do struggle to see Fiddler on the roof being out of the out of contention with the extra places, his consistency, and the fact he's had a run this season. Cool. Okay, and obviously Tezard's have a great recent record in the race as well, having won it with size in Tennessee in 2018 and Native River in 2016. Kevin, what do you make of this? Um, I like Eclat de Rear. Um, I know look, Dan has expressed concerns about his, I suppose, his relative inexperience. And of course, it's a fact, you know, he's, he's uh, has less experience than any of these in totality. We've only seen him six times on the track, but I, I just really like him. I've really liked him from the get go, really. Um, you know, if, if you want the tie in form, you know, he beat Iscaria 10. Um, at Nace on a second start over fences last year. Um, that last season, I should say, Ascaria 10 came out and finished up their tails in a four-miler. Um, he was jumping away lovely in behind Monkfish, um, out jumping Monkfish most of the way. 
in the um, I almost said the RSA, the Brown Advisory Novices Chase at Cheltenham, and he, he took a silly unseat. Like he made, it was a nothing mistake, you know, just a little nod. Um, on another day, Rachel would have stayed on, and the horse wouldn't have lost half a length. So it was a little bit unfortunate. And I just loved his comeback at Wexford. Um, they were just never going quick enough for him. Like he has so much scope when he jumps. Like I just, uh, he hasn't been in a field like this before. But I can just, you watch the way he goes through a race, and you watch the way he jumps, and I could just see him like really coming forward for it. You know, I don't think he'll want to make the running. I think he'll be quite happy following them up. And just having that pace in front of him will allow to you allow him to use that scope and have good cracks at his fences. And he just like conflated is a is a decent horse. And this lad just beat him all ends up, um, idling all the way up the run in for me at Wexford. And, you know, he's only a couple of pounds higher than his Irish rating. And I thought he was really, really solid. I wouldn't really be that keen on on, on the ropes. Um, the, the the case is there for him but I thought that was a pretty weak Monster National he won he beat a couple of Josephs that have been running you know in every big handicap chase going and and struggling in the main to, to go close so I don't think that was much of a Monster National he's uh, whatever he is 12 pounds higher now you know that's pretty tasty Um, so of the ones that lads have made the, the, the case for the other couple um, at the front end of the market Dan has so I found myself coming back again and again to Eclat the rear he has to prove it but I think this set of circumstances will suit him really well. Eclat the rear for Kevin. It's Fiddler on the Roof for uh, Dan Barber and TC has put two up. Mr. Malarkey, who he put up during the week and Potterman is his second selection in the Labrook Trophy at 3 o'clock. The fifth and final race from Newbury on Saturday at 3.35 is the one we're going to talk about now. And uh, that is a two-mile handicap chase. El Ridato is four to one. Grey Diamond nine to two. Uh, Sully Doc AA is a friend of the show. Is a six to one chance. You've gumball in there as well at ten to one TC. Uh, mm. Won't make that joke, obviously. But uh, let's start with you. <laughs> what do you fancy? You know? Um, I backed Ferrero Bambo. Um, I actually, I was actually with him last time at Ascot. I put him up at tens, and he went off at fours. Ran a very curious race there. He was, he was, he was put in the race early on and uh, dropped through the field. Didn't seem to be I'd put under any under pressure. And then his his race was over when he made two pretty not bad mistakes, but just very sticky over his fences and lost a lot of ground. So um I went back and had a look at that race, and he was still in there pitching alongside Amula Gold turning in. And Tarly Joyce didn't uh, didn't really go for him there. So maybe he accepted his face a little bit, uh, accepted his fate a little bit too early there, but he got dropped a couple of pounds for it. If he comes back to the form of his Sandown win, or more pertinently, his Red Run fourth, which is obviously very, very strong two-mile handicap form, and Ferro Bambo is a very, very good price at nine to one. Disappointing last time, but I'll be backing him at nines to um, uh, to, to atone for that. Um, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a very strong race to be perfectly honest with you. If he comes back to the entry form, he's got a big chance. Dan, what do you like in it? Uh, same as TC, definitely. Oh, lovely. And I know, so like TC, he's got to bounce back, but I think there's a good chance he will. I mean, we mentioned it a couple of times. Venetia silly season's about to kick in. She'll start having winners left, right, and centre. She's still warming up nicely. And there's loads of pace in this. Gumball will be ridden forcefully. Numator makes tries to make all every time he re- reaches the track. Eclair Dan A is similar. So there's four or five actually who, might, who are going to go for it, I think. And he's still well in and Editor De has already advertised that red rum farm this season twice. Mm. And I was, I was just just on the ground as well. I mean, it obviously had soft ground, a deep ground form in France, but his two best runs have been on good to soft. So 
even on better ground, I think that could be a positive as well. If he, if he comes back to the entry run, I expect him to go very close. Right, okay. So we're going to go to Newcastle for three races as well. Obviously, Befford sponsored card up there. The first of the three races, the Befford Daily Rewards Novice Handicap Chase. It's all a little over, uh, just nearly three miles. Valdez is currently your 11 to 10 on favourite. Uh, Tupelo, Mississippi is 11 to 2. 9 to 2 wins of fire and Cooper's Cross 11 to 4. Just the four runners here. TC, any opinion? It's a tricky little race. Uh I, I, my previous race, anti post, and there were ten runners there, and six had double entries, and uh, three of the ones that didn't have rocked up here. So it was a predictably cut up. Uh, Valliers was nine to four in the week. Uh, it's now around about the even money mark. Um, maybe a bit bigger. You'll get uh, after a good comeback run. I think the favourite could be hard to beat, but not my kind of race, and it's definitely not my kind of price. Okay, we give that a swerve. The two hundred five is the Beffer Exchange Rehearsal Chase. Um, at the moment, there's 13 runners in it. Your favourite, a five to one, or four to one, the Ferry Master, five to one, I write, six to one, Spirit of the Games, 13 to two, good boy, Bobby. Um, last year's winner, York Hill, uh, what a mm-hmm. warhorse he was. That was the last we saw York Hill, but uh, Cool Mix is running for Dave Armstrong here, who owned York Hill in the latter part of his career. He's an eight to one chance. TC, any strong opinion here? Um, yeah, I got laughed at when I put uh, the old rogue up spirit of the games early in the week at ten to one. Um, but I, I, I think I could have the laugh laugh here. I would. I won't be laughing at that. He, he has. Um, he hasn't won since two thousand eighteen, and obviously he's he's got. A, you know, he's, he hasn't obviously clearly hasn't uh, notched up anything since. But again, he's. You go back and look at that Paddy Power run last time. He just screamed for all the world that he needs three miles these days. He stayed on really well from off the pace there. The handicap has dropped him three pound for it. Uh, he's three pound lower than when when a really good third entry over a three mile one on good ground uh, back in April. Um, I, I think this is a brilliant chance for him to get back on um, on the uh, on the, back on the winning trail. It is a unfortunately the, the race has really stood up. Obviously, great for the sponsors and punters and stuff. But if you took a price anti post, you you want it to really cut up, and it hasn't. And it's I think it's a really strong handicap. But with the extra place and, and with a six to one, and I've, I I do think he'll drift. He's already a point bigger on the exchange. I think if you back spirit of the games each way, maybe look for look for seven to one. I'd be disappointed if he's not in the first four. I I think he's handicapped to win now. Yeah, four over, places over right on first sportsbook, yeah. like TC says. Dan, I, is there? Did I sense you were agreeing with TC? Yeah. Did you land uh, on the same one again? The, oh, there's a knocking each way, but I really do. Um, I just think you'll find it a lot easier in the races he normally runs in. I think he'll be able to coast around on the bridle for most of it, and he ended up in a position you just don't want to be at Cheltenham when on that Cheltenham tra- chase track when the ground isn't testing. He was just too far back. He didn't have a prayer of getting involved, but he's dropped to get in the handicap down three. I do think he could be a stayer nowadays. I think that's another factor as Tony mentioned. And Glenn Forcer, good boy Bobby, some chaos, dingo dollar. Mm. Those they could be a handful of horses wipe each other out just by taking each other on. So the each way part then becomes you've only got seven rivals in essence. So I think he's a smashing each way, but I think he's got a load to recommend him. He could just find this really easy. And we know what'll happen. He'll canter to the front at the last and pull himself up in front. But that doesn't yeah, it's annoying, yeah. but at least we get the each way part. It could be, it could be the next one hundred three and running barber team. I'm not backing him. I'm laying him at one hundred one in running. <laughs> sounds like you want to get your stake back out and run him maybe on the exchange. Yeah. Leave a keep bet in there. Uh, Kevin, any any opinion here? Is this something that tickles your fancy? 
Yeah, I like the horse that's named in honor of Hugh Cattle's dating career. Not a chance, trained by Adam King. <laughs> I thought it was um, number four, <laughs> taking risks. He <laughs> <laughs> was progressive last season. Yeah, he, won the, he won the classic chase at Warwick. He blobbed in, in two subsequent runs, but um, his record when fresh is eye-catching. I'd say he's not an easy horse train. Um, but w- with that record put fresh, I-, I suspect they might lean into it a little bit. The fact that they're starting him back here, I wouldn't be surprised if they're targeted a little bit. And um, while he needs a career best to go and win, I thought there was enough promise in that classic chase win to suggest that it- that he can go on um, on his day. And hopefully this will be his day. Let's not mention nuts well in that previous <laughs> conversation. Yeah. <laughs> sink to the bottom now Dan it's a race uh, to the bottom anyway spirited again both Dan and TC have landed on that for the second time um, this episode and it's not a chance for, for Kevin on to the feature race the Betfair fighting fifth at 3.15 Mon um, Morale is coming here thankfully because it looked like Epitant was going to get a solo but uh, she's just 10 to 11 now and uh, Mamoral is into mm. 11 to 4 it's 4 to 1 so royal from 5 so there has been money for that 8, eight silver streak not so sleepy 16 and it's 100 void the rev this is a race obviously that Nikki Henderson has used with the likes of Bouvedere in the past and my tenter yours um, she was 11 to 8 on when she won it last year it doesn't look like she's going to be that price this time round Paul Nichols praying for rain we had a a call with the clerk of the course today and Paul Nichols um, and uh, the clerk of the course said anywhere between 10 and 20 mil they're expecting Friday into Saturday so uh, Paul was delighted to hear that he says the more rain the better for Mon Morale but he's a four-year-old Dan four-year-olds haven't got a great record in the race now I know he beat Adagio who kind of franked the form somewhat in the yeah. great wood but yeah. are you with or against Mon Morale or is the favourite a good thing? No I don't think she is a good thing and I think testing ground or more testing ground is a potential concern for her. She's a speed horse. Let's be frank, the race she won last year was a complete joke, wasn't it? They absolutely crawled around. Time figure was about 110. It was a joke after the first, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a carnage at the first. So the two the two pace angles were basically wiped out. It became a test of who's got the greatest, that greater acceleration. And she had greater acceleration than So Royal. So what? I mean, we knew that. And frankly, she hasn't... She, She's bare, she hasn't run a race since, has she? Let's let's be honest. She's she's certainly not lived up to the prior expectation. She's rising eight. I think she's eminently take honorable. And I think Mon Morale, that Adagio form boost has come just in time for him. That was a massive effort from Adagio. Top weight in a great wood as a four-year-old. And Mon Morale, no, Adagio blundered at last. Mon Morale gave him a comprehensive beating ultimately. He's been campaigning like he's a proper horse. He was disqualified from the from the Jerry Field, and he couldn't run in that because he'd already got a novice win in France. So th- that that strike, that stroke of luck, I think is is a massive factor. And on t- more testing ground, and with Silver Streak and not so sleepy, unlikely to be wiped out of the race at the first this time around. And Wada have another front runner. I think this might have to become a test of stamina and suit a soft ground horse. And he's that. And I don't think Epitant necessarily is. Okay, TC, how are you seeing this? Yeah, it's last year was very funny actually. If memory serves, I think the Betfair, <laughs> I think the Betfair Sports were offering free places, even though there were only six runners last year. And um, like I said, and everybody to a man and woman piled on Silver Street each way at six to one with a free place. Carried out at the second. I'm not joking. I mean, like you know, what, the Samaritans' phone line was overloaded after that at first. But yeah, I mean, the horse that caused all the trouble was a horse I backed him. I backed no, not so sleepy. At twenty to one, uh, twenty to one on the exchange, obviously win only. Um, yeah, I, I just, 
I just think he could get the run of the race. Now, I, I appreciate Silver Street made all to be epitaph in the Christmas hurdle. I know the outclass Varda Webb goes forward as well, but and not so sleepy has been ridden more conservatively on his last two or three starts. But when he gets it right from the front, this is a this is a proper tool, as you saw when beating Buzz at Ascot last year. I think he's running the champion was was very good. Gives him a much better chance than the price of 21 suggests. Really good run on the flat of a marker 99 uh, at Doncaster last year. Uh, sorry, last month. Um, like I said, I, I like the pace angle. Uh, the trainer had a really good bumper winner at Ascot on Saturday, Huey Morrison. So I'm going largely on, I want to see him bounce down in front. I don't want to see him held up like he was at Atrium and Cheltenham. Blast from the front around this track on decent ground. He won't mind if the rain comes. 20 to 1 uh, with, for a horse that hasn't got that much to find against some rivals that could be a little bit dodgy, including the favourite. Uh, and you go and have a look at some of the time figures he's posted as well at Cheltenham and at Ascot. He's not that far off these on the clock either. Uh, not so sleepy. I want to see him gunned out in the front. If he is, that 21 becomes 10s in the first 100 yards. Well, it, it could become a 1,000 when he, when he mm-hmm. shoots at the first. But yeah. uh, uh, not so sleepy for me. <laughs> yeah, what about you? What have you landed on here? Um, I just uh, I point people to to the interview I did with Paul Nichols for Betfair there a few weeks ago, and like I was struck by the way he talked about Mon Morale. Um, look, I you know don't particularly like four year olds stepping up into this company. You would take some encouragement from Adagio running so well in the Greyhood, um, but look, I I, I I can't do it. But I I I, I would point people to it at an interview because he was quite bullish about him. Um, look, nightmare race as the lads have, have described. Silver Streak is good enough to win this race. I'm in contrast to Tony. I'm hoping Silver Streak is the one to make the running. I thought it seemed to really suit him when he won at Kempton. Um, smashing up Epitant, um last season. If he gets to the lead, I think he'll have run his price, but um, it's one of those races, isn't it, Barra? Any, any, literally any of these could win, maybe Barra Voidarev, and you wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and Nichols says in his blog on betting.betfair, we'll check out the conditions on Saturday morning. There's plenty of rain forecast, so hopefully there'll be enough ease in the going to let him take his chance. So really, he did say today there can't be enough rain for this horse between now and Saturday. So you just want to keep your eye on that. My dog seems to agree with us as well. He's giving a hmm. good bark. Mom, the dogs there. are barking. The dogs are barking mom, what's, your dog called? <laughs> what's, your, what's your dog called, Barry? Dog's called Junior. The senior got run down by Sorkin, the dog slayer, but we want that's a that's a story for a, that's a story for a junior. Junior, junior, the play on junior. words, junior. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Dan, Dan's got a logical junior. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good there. So listen, that's finishes Saturday. We're going to look at Sunday now. There's three races oh, yes. we're going to look at in Ferry House. Obviously, we're recording this on Thursday evening, so it's just anti-post markets available. Uh, TC, I know you're um, going to sit this one out because obviously you want to see the final deck. So just unfortunately, because we're recording on Thursday evening, we haven't got that luxury. Uh, Kevin, though, I'm going to throw to you for the three grade ones in Ferry House. The Royal Bond, obviously, at 105. My mate Mozzie is quite strong at six to four. Um, for Gavin Cromwell, who holds a strong hand in that, and the Drimmore. Uh, he's currently six to four, five to two. Mighty Potter, impervious, the unbeaten mayor, Colin Murphy, as well as a five to one chance. And she's definitely gone there, as I think is my mate Muzzy. But what do you make of this? Yeah, look, you would have been a little bit worried about these novice races um, at this meeting for the simple reason that we know the situation with the weather. A lot of these horses haven't been able to get out. But I think the Royal Bond has held up well enough now. Um, and I know. 
talking to Gordon Elliott earlier in the season, I was very taken. This is pre Dan Royal. Like I was very taken with the way he spoke about Mighty Potter. Like he seems to have like an extremely high view of him. And he obviously won it down Royal by a long way. Task made easier by, by his stable mate falling late on. But the style of it was very impressive. And um, my mate Mozzie, I suppose, has been there and done it in grade three company, won very well. I don't know about the level. I don't know if he's going to carry through and be a top novice as the season progresses. Um, impervious, unbeaten. Colin Murphy, great story. You know, his first grade one winner since he's since he's come back um, of Brave Inca fame and Feathered Lady fame, uh, for those that remember back there, fair there. enough. Big um, too. Fa- fabulous step? mayor. <laughs> a bowler level death. Mm. Yeah. Um, Remember that's my favourite. The best favourite. <laughs> Tony, Tony breaks into a cold sweat when you mention <laughs> that. That was Colin Murphy or Tony. That's that's one of her weighed in someday. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one that I'd give a mention to at the prices, and I don't know if he if he's a, a guaranteed runner. I wouldn't be. I expect him to be declared. Crowns major. Emmett Mullins up the top. Um, he like he's a really interesting horse. I think Emmett bought him as a foal in Japan and brought him back and tried to sell him a few times and couldn't get him sold and. He won a bumper first time out of the Punchestown Festival and progressed into a really smart horse in the flat. Um, and I liked his hurdling debut at Cork. He jumped out to his right a little bit, showed some inexperience. But um, the, the headway he made, the challenge um, prior to his main rival exiting, I thought was very impressive. Uh, just with that flat form, I'd say he could be smart enough now. And um, the handicapper didn't wasn't all that impressed. He only gave him a mark of 128. But I could see him stepping up now and outrunning what could be could well be a double figure price, um, but it, it's it's a, not a bad royal bond, I'd say Barry. Considering uh, you know the likes of Willie hasn't been all that active, I think this 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 royal bond could stand up. Yeah, I just correct myself there. The Mighty Potter now seven to four. He was five to two earlier today, so it's six to four. Might name Mozzie seven to four. The Mighty Potter impervious four, along with Tree Stripe Life, and it's nine bar anti post prices. They are at one thirty five. The Drinmore Novice Chase again. Gavin Cromwell seems to hold a strong hand with Gabby Anaco. Uh, currently, your seven to four favorite ahead of Jessica Harrington's horse Lifetime Ambition, who's nine to four. Nine to two Cape Gentleman for the aforementioned Emmett Mullins. Uh, Beacon Edge and their three to one for Noel Mead. Dan, you have a bit of an opinion here, have you? What have you come down on? It's mainly a ground angle, really. The last time this race was run good, I could half remember it, but I just double-checked. Larishberg, it was basically a two-mile and nearly beat Delta Work, who's a thorough staying chaser. I just think it levels the playing field. We're used to these races being won by thorough stayers, like No More Heroes and horses like that. But it might be just different test this year. And I know he was possibly underwhelming when beating odds on last time, but I thought if conditions prevail, good, good to yielding in places... It's going to be a different race to normal. And I thought Cape Gentleman might be best equipped to cope with it. He's a fast horse. We know that. He's a two-mile Kempton winner over hurdles last season. He's already up and running for the season. I don't think he'll be the best of these or highest rated of these at the end of the campaign. But I think it might be right place, right time for him. A race that really tests speed that will suit him. Cape Gentleman's a horse you know well, Kevin. You put it up in that race that Dan's talking about in Kempton last year. On racing only better, is it something that you'd side with again today? Um, no, not for me now. And I don't think the Drinmore has held up as well as you would have hoped um, for, for reasons mentioned. You know, a lot of these novice chasers just haven't got out yet. But I'll tell you one, and I'm as well, I suppose you can't be that disappointed. One that I did really, really like. 
um, on Chasing debut was Lifetime Ambition, Jessica Harrington. I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably aren't even familiar with the horse because he was quite low profile and through last season, you know, failed to win a bumper, took him an age to win a maiden hurdle, but then did put up a useful performance on his final start in just kind of an ordinary winner's hurdle at the Punchestown Festival. Um, But he came out on his Chasing debut against a bunch of kind of 150 plus hurdlers, you know, Beacon Edge and Vanillier, and Jesus, lads, it's worth going having a watch of this now because you talk, people go on about Bob Ollinger last weekend and how magnificent he was and how perfect he was, etc. despite doing plenty wrong in my view. Go watch this fella jump around. He was deadly. First start of, the, of his life over fences. He was really, really good. Loads of scope. You know, was just gaining lengths all over the shop and uh, put them to bed with plenty of authority now. Was always in control and he's clearly going to be just a much better chaser than a hurdler. And, you know, while he, he's not, you know, as big a price as he might like for one that was so under the radar over hurdles, he kind of blew his cover, winning as well as he did and beating the horses he did at Down Royal. But th- this could be a proper horse now. And I'd, uh, I'd be keen enough for him now. Like uh, some of his rivals in the market, notably Beacon Edge, you know, finished behind them last time. And I don't think this is a good dream more. And I think he might be more than equal to the task. So I'm quite excited about lifetime ambition. Yeah, currently nine to four in the anti-post market. I just remind listeners of recording on Thursday and Dan likes Cape Gentleman. So lifetime ambition for Kevin and Cape Gentleman, none will mention from Dan. The feature event on Sunday is the 240. It's the Hatton's Grace. Anyone superstitious here? Is a 13 an unlucky number for anybody? <laughs> that's what Honey Silver is looking to win. 13 consecutive races. She's four to oh, nine. If, if Nicky Henderson trained her, he'd retire, he'd retire right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, don't start that. DC is going to have his uh, a, a thorough defense ready. Uh, he's drafting it on Sunday <laughs> night. He's going to put his suits on and he's going to put a wig on and he's for the defense and wade in tell you, on Monday morning. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go around that press room and I'm going to have the lot of them. I'm going to have you, you, you hypocrites, a lot of them. They like a, they like an easy target, but I'll tell you what, they, they're maybe even made themselves easy targets. All right. I'm Matt, Chap- I'm Matt Chapman. I'm pumped for Monday. I'm pumped for Monday. <laughs> Give me a yeehaw, TC. Just one yeehaw oh, for Jesus. a Don't push your luck. <laughs> okay. Obviously, we've got the Hatton's Grace, then the feature event. Uh, everyone there to see Honeysuckle, four to nine. Uh, she's been unbeatable quite literally so far. Classical Dream, who won the stairs hurdle in Punchestown, is four to one second favourite, five to one side of the eight. There are two winning Mullins' as horses. Uh, he hasn't really brought out his big guns yet, but there's two that we're going to see on Sunday. Hopefully, Abercadabra's in there at nine to one. Kevin, Honeysuckle, can you oppose her? Is she opposable? Um, I wouldn't like to be lashing in now at the type of price she is. Like, she was very good. Um, she was very good in this race two years ago when she had the benefit of a run under her. Um, she kind of fell in uh, in a steadily run race last year. And look, kind of the feature of her in the last kind of whatever it is, year and a half, her, her jumping has improved. She's got much sharper with her jumping. That's translated to a higher level of performance. She wasn't as good at Punchestown. So I just wanted to see her put in a slick round. Um, a Abacadabras, you know, is, is a good horse in fairness to him. So I wouldn't like to be lashed into her at a short price now. And I wouldn't be shocked to me if Abacadabras um, shook her up a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. So uh, it's a cracking card in Farias on Sunday, obviously. Um, 
Arnie O'Hare's R1 Racing sponsored the car. It's a great sponsorship for them. So well done. Uh, just naps, lads. That's all I'm looking for now because I know Dan Barber has to catch a train back to Manchester from Leeds. So he's under a bit of pressure here. Dan, what's your nap? Um, I'm not being Windy City this week. I'm going to go straight on it. Paisley Park, win only on Friday. Oh. Paisley Park on Friday for Dan. You'll know your fate early. You might have a nice weekend this time around. TC, what are you napping? Uh, Boreham Bill 150, Newbury Saturday. I'm going to go win only for the purposes of this podcast. But um, you mentioned the concession about um, money back if, you want, if you're not in the one, two, three with a sportsman, and that's massive. But uh, for the purpose of this, Boreham Bill win only, massively well handicapped horse. That's the 150 on Saturday, Boreham Bill. Uh, Kev, what's your nap? Eclat the rear, win only, please. Wow, win only in the Hennessy. Six places no on the, are in. In the Labrook, should I say, excuse me. And me, me and Dan are going to have an each way double on Spirit of the Games with Frero Bambo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can't kick Spirit out of the three, can they? Uh, I don't even have to ask you, Cal, was it, what his nap is. It has to be Honeysuckle or Epitant. It's one or the no, other. He'd so we'll have to double, double. wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have to double. Stick him in a double yeah. for him. So that's it, that done. Sticking John Bon as well for him. <laughs> so get, get him off to a nice loser when John Bon gets chinned. <laughs> Okay, all left is for me to remind you again that 150 TC that you mentioned the money back special failed to finish in the first three, get a tenner back as a free bet, uh, up to a tenner as a free bet. Um, remind everyone that you guys will be back less than Barber for weighed in on Monday, where you, Cahill, will be doing it from Dubai. He'll be hosting the show. And uh, everyone, have a great weekend and please gamble responsibly. <laughs>